everyone. Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast with the Grove Church. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there, and thank you so much for joining us. And we are in a series where we're talking about finding the balance, and we're just kind of, there's a lot of issues out there that are really complex, and I think we oversimplify them, and oversimplifying complex issues becomes a real problem. It leads us to wrong conclusions about who God is, about the way that God thinks about us, and also in kind of some really complex moral issues, it can kind of it can kind of lead us to really destructive behaviors. So at first, for the first three weeks, we kind of talked about some different um, theological issues that I think it's important for us to have kind of a balanced perspective on. And now we're just kind of talking about some moral issues. Last week, we talked about alcohol and about how often um, alcohol can be a problem, not just simply because of overindulgence, which is a problem, but because we just have a very legalistic, judgmental mindset about it. And somewhere between those two, kind of this legalistic, judgmental mindset and an overindulgence, there's just a lot of, there's, there's a safe place to be that really, regardless of whether you do or do not consume alcohol, it doesn't really matter. But I, but I have this balanced perspective on, is it necessarily evil? Is it, necess- is it, is it always good? And it's, it's not always good, but it's not in and of itself inherently evil. And so um, we find this kind of balanced position of, I'm going to decide with my conscience and my circumstances what is appropriate for me, not judge someone for making different conclusions, and then honoring the people around me um, by, res- by respecting them in different, in different situations. And so now we're going to talk a little bit about money. And money can be a real big problem too. And in the same way with alcohol, when next week when we talk about sex, again, you can go wrong a couple of different ways. But I am very convinced that these three things that we're talking about, alcohol, money, and sex, are kind of three things that if we don't have a healthy, balanced perspective on, can become a, will become, ultimately become a real problem for us long-term in our faith. And I think we see it most clearly with money and sex. Anytime you open up the news and a pastor or a church is in the headlines, it's rarely good news. And when it is the bad news, it is usually something has happened with money and sex. There, there, there has become some sort of a problem and where they are abusing, um, they're abusing, them, abusing people sexually, they're overindulging in things sexually, they are being they're not being good stewards with their money by, by being lavish in some way. And it just becomes a problem. And it's, again, and it's not just in the indulgence because honestly, we can, we can overreact. We can overreact to an over-sexualized culture. We can overreact to a very greedy materialistic culture and begin to think and act and behave in a way that is not what the Bible actually says. And we're not being who God has called us to be. And so let's just talk a little bit about money. Let's just talk about what it would mean to kind of just have a healthy, balanced view about money. Now, we're not going to talk about whether or not you should tithe. You should. We're not going to talk about whether or not you should save. You should. Whether or not you should go into debt. You shouldn't. We're not going to talk about those things. We're not talking about the practical side of it. Um, We're going to spend some time talking about what what is my relationship with money? What is my What is my heart with money? Because you can have a heart, a relationship with money that is a greedy one, a desirous one. I need it. I need it. I need it. I become overly obsessed with the acquisition of more of it. And obviously that can be very unhealthy. 
but I can be so afraid of that or so anti-greed or anti-rich people that I can begin to think of this thing in and of itself, that money in and of itself is a bad thing. And so people who have it are necessarily bad. And so then I get to kind of have what we'll just call a poverty mentality, that it is better and more moral to, to not have than to have. And, and that somehow that God wants us to be miserable when it comes to money, that being miserable with respect to money becomes a problem. Like, like, I'm sorry, that, 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 that being miserable about money, that somehow there's, there's godliness in that. And so that the way to combat money as a problem is to hate it and to kind of flee from it. And so I'm just going to completely abstain. And as we've already talked about with alcoholism, it's the counterbalancing problem has its own set of circumstances. And to be honest, I've lived long enough and seen enough that those two things actually feed each other. An overindulgence leads to shame, which then makes it, I got to give it up completely. And then you give it up completely and then you feel a ton of shame, you, but you don't deal with the shame. And I think I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to not, I'm not, I'm going to not, I'm going to not, I'm going to not, I'm going to not, but you still got all of the guilt and the shame and the unhealth in there. And then finally, because you're not dealing with it, it bursts out. The shame bursts out and you start to indulge again and then you feel guilty and then you just kind of keep this this shame indulgent cycle going. And whether it's alcohol, whether it's greed and spending money, whether it's expressing your sexuality in an unhealthy way, um, when I feel like I can do whatever I want, makes me do something I shouldn't do, makes me feel ashamed. I give it up entirely. I become a teetotaler. I stop indulging completely. I start to feel a lot of pride, but that pride is built on the shame and the shame comes out and explodes out in another indulgence cycle. It just happens. And my guess is, is that you have experienced that kind of shame indulgence cycle with whatever kind of addiction or moral issue that you're dealing with. So again, we talked about alcohol last time. We're talking about money. So let's go to one again, one of the, um, one of the go-to passages in the scripture that we like to talk about with money, and it is in First uh, Timothy chapter six. We get here to this point of this uh, to to the um, towards the end of this passage. You'll you'll definitely recognize one of the verses here, even if you are in fact misquoting it. First Timothy six, starting with verse six. But godliness with contentment is great gain. So I'm going to be godly. I'm going to be a godly person, and I'm going to be content with whoever and whatever I am, whatever. Whatever I've got, whoever I am, wherever God has me in my life, I'm going to be content. So I'm going to be godly, I want to honor God morally, and I'm going to be content with the with my circumstances. That's great gain. I get, we just say just kind of what in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven words, what a just a nugget that is. I'm going to live a moral life with according to what God says, and I'm going to be content with my circumstances. Like, well, well, let's just let's just all agree to do that. I'm going to live a life that honors God and be content with my circumstances. Man, we would, wow. Wow. Okay, anyways, distracted. Verse seven, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. Wow, you thought you thought we made that up, but God made that up. You can't take it with you, right? We brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money 
is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So I also did not invent the idea that money is a huge off-ramp from life. Talked about this. We got this life that God calls us to, and there's these off-ramps that kind of put us in situations where we we never intended to go. And sex, money, alcohol are kind of the three biggest off-ramps, I think, to to bad places. And that's what Paul's saying. Some people, because of this unhealthy idea that they have about money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. They were heading one direction and then they wandered off because of an unhealthy perspective, a sinful attitude about money. And the way that he describes that first part of verse 10, the the verse that we are familiar with, even if we misquote it, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Does not say that money is the root of evil. It says the love of money, not money. And it doesn't say is the root of all evil. It says all kinds of evil. So you love money too much. And if you love, love money too much, that becomes a root for lots of different types of evil, all kinds, all kinds, not every type of evil, but all kinds of them. And again, it is the love of money. I mean, the way he says it before, verse nine, those who want to get rich fall into temptation. He's talking about the difference between contentment and this unhealthy desire for more. And this unhealthy desire for more is, is essentially a great definition for greed. Greed is the unhealthy desire for more. And here is where I can think, I can already, I can already, I can already say kind of where our, kind of some of our unhealthy baggage comes from, even for those of us who quote unquote aren't rich. Um, greed is the unhealthy desire for more. Greed is the opposite of contentment. I'm not content with what I have. I need, I need more. I want more, more, more. How much money do you have to have to be greedy? Hmm. Let's think about that for just a hot second. How much money do you have to have in order to be considered greedy? When I say, hey, in America, we need to deal and wipe out the greed. Like we, we think about rich people, powerful people. But what do we mean about rich and powerful? What we mean by rich and powerful and what we mean by greed, people are rich if they have more money than me. So people who have more money than me are rich. And the people that I think are rich They know people that have more money than them and they don't think of themselves as rich. They think of other people as rich. I remember there was an interview, I won't say with whom because, you know, to be distracted. There is a political candidate who's running for the future. This person was rich and was asked about being rich because, you know, they also were deriding rich people. They'd be, you're rich. And, and, And just with a straight face said, no, we're not rich. Their net worth was $300 million. And they considered themselves not rich. Why did they consider themselves not rich? Because they ran with billionaires. And so they weren't rich. They saw rich and being worth $300 million to them wasn't rich. They know rich, that's rich. That's rich. And if you have a net worth of half a million dollars, you're rich to somebody, even though you may not consider yourself rich at all. If you have a middle-class person making in the high Five figures, low six figures. Yeah, I think you think of yourself as rich. I can think of hundreds, thousands of people who have more money than me. If you have a, a, just a good old fashioned regular job and you're making forty, fifty thousand $50,000 a year, I promise you there are people in the world that would consider you rich. People who are living in dirt floor houses that are put together with just concrete blocks and pieces of metal don't have doors. I mean, that, that, 
are making a dollar a day. What is rich? Again, rich is somebody who has more than me. Greed, someone is greedy if they have more than, especially if somebody has more than me and they still want more, that's greed. And so I'm saying you're rich to somebody else and you're greedy to somebody else. If you are looking at something that you don't have and wish that you had it, but then what is greed? Greed is the opposite of contentment. And it does not matter how much money you have, you can be greedy. You can have an unhealthy perspective on money. And so the, this desire, this desire for more, this kind of unquenchable desire. And again, this is something that the Bible is, it talks about all the time that um, Ecclesiastes 5.10, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. Again, there's no, there's no, there's no lower limit on that, that it's okay for someone who makes $20,000 a year to love money and to feel unsatisfied. But someone who makes 50,000, that's okay. Uh, somewhere around in the sixties, like it isn't, it isn't, that's, that's not what the Bible talks about. It does not talk about some lower limit or upper limit or whatever. It just talks about if you're, if that's what you love, if that's what you are striving for, if that's how you are defining yourself, it becomes a problem. And so one of the ways that we can kind of get wrong with money is, is, is to just have an unhealthy desire for more, that I constantly need more. And you don't have to be rich by your definition of rich to have that problem. And so we have this kind of greed culture and it exists in our world and we see it and we want to speak against it. But honestly, we need to start with the greed that we experience kind of in our own hearts, in our own lives, that I, that I have this unhealthy desire for more. Okay, so then it's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop that. I'm going to stop being greedy and I'm going to, again, kind of move to this other extreme where I'm going to just view money in and of itself as evil. And so people who have money, they're evil. Other people, and they have too much and that becomes a problem. Like I'm content with what I have and I've decided that money is evil and you have it, so you must be evil. Again, I just think that's just greed with more words. This kind of like, I'm going to intentionally be impoverished in some way and sacrifice because money is an unhealthy thing. And so I'm going to sacrifice the way that I live. I'm just going to give a lot. I'm going to live incredibly frugally. I'm going to have really humble house, really humble car, not spend. And I'm going to live this kind of, this, this, this poverty, intentional poverty way because I believe money is evil. If you could somehow do that without the counterbalancing thing of I'm hardcore judging people who have money, then maybe you could be okay. But it always just kind of comes with this, I, I am better than you because I have less than you. So greed says I can only be happy if I have more and, and we define ourselves as I'm better than you because I have more than you. I, am, I have more money. I have more power. That makes me better. You go to this other direction, like I'm intentionally living and doing less because money is a problem. Money is evil. And so I'm going to intentionally do less. And that makes me better than you because I have less. Again, there's just, again, it's just a more creative, a more creative greed 
a more creative way of not being content. Because if it were healthy for you, then you would just be doing that thing. I'm just going to do what I do. And it doesn't make any difference to me what my neighbor is doing. It does not matter to me what car my neighbor is driving. It doesn't matter to me what kind of house they have. It doesn't matter to me that this person gives less than I do. They spend more money in weird ways than I do. It doesn't matter. This is none of my concern. Because that sort of, that sort of again, this kind of poverty mentality, money, money in and of itself is evil, it just kind of leads to a completely different type of spiritual unhealth. When in reality, money does not have a moral quality to it at all. Money is not anything. It is, it is, it is a currency by which we, we trade services and goods. It can't do anything. Pull, pull, a, pull a $5 bill out of your wallet, put it on the ground, ask it to do something bad. Can't do anything bad, it just sits there. It's a piece of paper. It was a tree. It was, it was an, an unearthed ore at some point. The coins were. I mean, it was, it's, it's nothing. It's not a thing. It is when it gets in our hands, and honestly, it's, it's when it gets in our heart that it becomes a problem. And so I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to be someone who has this unhealthy desire for more, but I'm also not going to define my spirituality and my connection with God by my lack either. Because once money becomes the focus, that's when it becomes a problem. And this is what Jesus said. You got to choose who you're going to serve. You can't serve two masters. You got God and you got money. You can only serve one of them. You can't serve them both. And the people who are overly obsessed with it, either direction, money has now become my focus. I'm defining myself not based on my contentment with my God, godliness and contentment. That's how I'm I'm doing are you, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm living godly and I'm content. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing okay because I'm sacrificing in all the right ways, but those people over there, they're not, that's not content. You can't be content if somebody else makes you unhappy. And so you can be the least greedy as far as trying to get more money person in the world and still be not living a godly life with contentment. A balanced perspective on money is I'm going to be who God has called me to be. I'm going to live a godly life as God is calling me to be godly. And I'm going to be content with my circumstances. And being content with my circumstances mean I don't care about your circumstances. And if you have better circumstances than me, if anything, that makes me joyful. Good for you. Because honestly, I mean, you don't have to go too deep into Proverbs. See that, that God is... It says that God, God blesses some people financially. He just does that, that, that the blessing of riches can sometimes come from God. And God has empowered some people to have more. And his desire for them is that they would then give more. And giving and being generous is, a, is an incredible value. It's something that God is. God is generous. And sometimes he is financially generous. And it is not a necessarily evil thing for God to have blessed someone else financially. And what God calls them to do is between him and God and what they, and whether or not they are or are not being obedient to the thing that God has called them to with their wealth, also between them and God. And so I am battling greed in my life. And I am also battling the judgment that comes from my observation of other people that I consider to be greedy because it can get you either way. It can get you either way. The bitterness that comes from intentional sacrifice when you see other people thriving can cause a real problem. And it happens. 
People make an intentional decision to sacrifice. They do it from a good heart. There's a lot of bitterness there, a lot of anger there. God, I'm doing this for you. I'm living in sacrifice, but it's not making me happy. And I've still got all these problems and all these other people out there, they got all this money and they seem happier than me and that doesn't seem fair. And so I'm just, just forget the whole thing. And then all of a sudden you're just, you get really frustrated. You get really angry because you haven't dealt with the heart problem. You're running away from kind of the core unhealth that can be in your heart, which really just comes from a lack of contentment or a comparison mentality. So a healthy, balanced view on money is going to be full of contentment and I'm going to stay in my lane and I'm not going to be particularly worried. So it's not just, I don't care if I have more. I also don't care if you have more. And then I'm going to live a godly life with my money. And then we get to all the other things I said. Yeah. Am I going to give to God? Absolutely. I am. Am I going to avoid debt? Sure. I am. I'm going to live within my means. It's absolutely the things I'm going to do. I'm going to save for the future. I'm going to be generous to the poor. I want to be generous to missionaries. I'm going to invest in my church. I'm going to, this is the kind of person that I'm going to be. I'm going to be content with what I have. I'm going to manage what I have in accordance with God's rules. And I'm not going to be overly obsessed about having more. And I'm not going to give any of my heart and attention to people who have something different, who have something more than what I have. So again, it's not just greed that can get us. It is, it is the judgment that comes from what we perceive at least to be a lack of greed. But we need to kind of live just kind of in a health, uh, just a healthy internal balance position of just like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to be at peace with what I have and what I have with comparison to somebody else. So we'll wrap this up next time. We're going to talk a little bit about sex. And again, just kind of the, the unhealthy thing that comes from indulging in, in the wrong kinds of ways. And that can come from... Uh, uh, And also the unhealth that comes from all the shame that sometimes can be built around someone who's abstaining because sometimes abstaining and the way that we do that can just, can really, it really doesn't come from I'm wanting to honor God, but can come from some pretty shameful perspectives that we have about sex. So we're going to get a little bit into the song Solomon next week with some pretty racy verses in there. So that's a little teaser there for you to come back. And again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. And we would love to see you at The Grove. You go to thegrovechurch.org slash connect. Fill out a card. Let us know you were listening. We'd love to see you on a Sunday morning. Come and join us. Connect with us there. If you're not around here, you can still do that very same thing. And join us online. Either way, we'd love to know that you are listening. Any way that we can help you or serve you. Again, I'm Charlie, the lead pastor at The Grove. And thanks for joining us.